0: Welcome, everyone, to the Asian Voices Radio Podcast, where you'll find real Asian-American conversations, including topics and subjects you were too afraid to ask your Asian parents. I'm your host, Sasha Fu, and we have a special guest with us today. Her name is Alexa Khan, and she wears many hats as an actor, a filmmaker, film producer, and a business entrepreneur. Welcome, Alexa. I am so impressed with your resume to let people know a little bit about your background. You were born and raised in Mongolia, and you came to the United States, to Los Angeles specifically, as an exchange student at the tender age of 16. What an adventure. You attended university and graduated here, and then you went on to a career in the financial world, which is quite a feat in and of itself. But you've told me that your first and foremost love was always performing and acting. And as a result, in 2014, you made a big leap. (laughs) You left the financial world to focus exclusively on entertainment. What a bold step that was. You've gone on to found your own production company, Three Flames Pictures. That was in 2017. And your company has had a lot of success already producing several films, including a movie called The Steed, which was actually filmed and set in Mongolia, and it was a submission to the 2019 Oscar competition. Alexa, so much to boast Mm -hmm. about. I don't know exactly where to start, but um, most people don't act, produce, and start two entertainment-related companies in the space of five or six years where do you find your motivation and where do you find your energy and inspiration?
1: Oh, thank you so much for the really lovely um, introduction. Um, I'm very humbled and thank you so much for having me here. And to your question, inspiration, it's, uh, it's something that I've been wanting to do. And you know, when you start certain things, one thing happens after the other. And when you kind of like let it out in the universe, um, and pray on it, it just, you know, sometimes comes to you. So it was kind of many things just unfolded and it was coincidental. And, you know, as as you start working on things, uh, more doors open up and then, you know, just took one step at a time and, uh, you know, went through the doors that was open to me.
0: (laughs) I want to talk a little bit about the inspiration behind the movie, The Steed. Most people Mm -hmm. in the United States would be hard-pressed to say, if I said, hey, can you name a film that has a Mongolian theme or was filmed in Mongolia? I think most people would draw a complete blank. They'd say, I don't know. But Mm -hmm. your film may change that because it has a sort of universal appeal. The Steed Mm -hmm. is a, I guess, a very emotional story that I think a lot of people can relate to. Tell us Mm -hmm. more about what the steed is about and why you think this film has already been so Mm well-received.
1: Thank you so much for that. Um, so three flames pictures, as you said, was established in 2017. And we wanted to, um, start with a film that says something about, you know, our culture. And I'm from, I was born and raised in Mongolia, as you said. And, um, my business partner also lives in Mongolia. He's a very famous uh, director and actor. His name is E.B. Gambold. And then our other business partner, um, who's a founder, uh, Trevor Morgan Doyle, he's a longtime uh, film producer here. So the three of us uh, sat down and we were thinking of films to start our company and kickstart. And E.B. came up with the idea of um, making the seed. And the steed is actually based on a very famous uh, poem in Mongolia uh, and it's uh, something that we learn uh, and something that we memorize in school and so he wanted to kind of pay homage to that and make that into a film turned it into a screenplay, and then we worked on the story together and that's how um, the steed came about but it you know it took us three years to complete that film because it was uh you know, it was a huge undertaking with 3,000 horses on set, many people from Kazakhstan, Russia, China, America going there. I mean, Trevor was living in, you know, yurt, uh, which is called Gir, for a month and a half out in the middle of nowhere. So it was an adventure itself. So it took um, three years to make it but um, when people think of Mongolians they always think about you know Genghis Khan is the first thing and the second thing is mm-hmm. just this you know big um, strong men with wielding swords and killing people and and our culture is not really shown a lot and the steed actually shows the nomadic lifestyle how people are and how people are so connected with the earth and the animals around it so it was more of kind of showcasing the tradition back in the day and what uh, you know our, cu- our culture is all about. So that was main, the main uh, reason behind the steed.
0: Now, what are some of the challenges? You actually, your main character, the little boy, wasn't a trained actor. How did you so, find him?
1: It's a very interesting story. So our director Ibi Gumbold he um, casted many. Uh, he, he was auditioning many um, actors who were at that age, around 10 and 11, and he was having a very hard time. And so he kept telling us, we can't shoot yet because we haven't found the boy yet. And so his family members kept asking, um, his uncle kept asking him to audition his son, uh, who's my, um my director's nephew. And he kept saying, no, 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 this is a serious work. Not yet, not yet. And then at the end, he said, okay, fine, I'll just audition him. And then as soon as he gave the hardest scene, um, he just nailed it. He was just, he, you know, knocked it out of, par- out of the park. And be was so impressed, gave him another hard scene. He just knocked it out. So that was it. And that was his first acting gig. He's not a trained actor. He's actually a nomad uh, who lives in the middle of, you know, in the countryside. So he just fit the role.
0: That is a fascinating story, really fascinating. Now, my my question to you is a little bit about why I mean, I, I can understand the emotional pull of wanting to take a story that you grew up with and translating that for the screen. Has it resonated with audiences outside of Mongolia? what What kind of feedback? What kind of responses do you get from non-Mongolian? it it
1: was it was amazing actually so the very first um film festival that um officially selected the steed was in oldenburg film festival in Mm. germany such an amazing film festival with all the filmmakers come together and then just just celebrate cinema itself so um it was amazingly well received so uh, Trevor and I uh, traveled to Oldenburg and then E.B. came from Mongolia. The three of us got united again after the set. And then so we were just, you know, going there and um, attending the Q&As and then just watching, just being at the every single screening. And it was amazing. It was received so well. People will cry and come up to us and just say, I just connected so much with the story It was, and that's when we also realized that we were really able to universally appeal because it's about bond of, you know, a human being to an animal and in a larger sense, just us connecting to the earth. And also it's about love, it's about respect and it's about, you know, being loyal to uh, your dream and being loyal to your mother earth. Um, so in that sense, it was widely um, relatable and also very well received. So uh, in Germany um, and in San Diego Film Festival, which it won the best film, and then in Goa, it was officially selected. And we also won a, uh, a selected film all a film festival in Colorado and um, and many more. So it was just very well received. Belfast in 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 Ireland and uh, so in Asian and in uh, European culture and in the US, it was very uh, relatable is what we were told.
0: <laughs> That's amazing and it's really encouraging. Do you see any more projects in the near future that are going to be using Mongolian themes or Mongolian actors?
1: Oh yes, so it's uh, you know, so our company is like two third Mongolian. <laughs> actually it could be like 100 because sometimes trevor can be more mongolian than i am like he can live in the in the woods in the countryside with no complaints i can't do that um many mongolians will not like that but to hear that but um in any case we are the the next project that we're working on actually is uh something it's a series um it's basically like Game of Thrones meets the Viking. And, um, and so it's some historical, but mo- mostly uh, fiction. And it depicts a story before the, um, the army of Mongolian, the Mongolian Empire. So pre-Genghis Khan. Uh, and so uh, that's already basically 97% done. And we're uh, getting into post-production right now. So that should be coming out
0: fairly soon. I want to switch to the business side of the filmmaking industry. Let's say you have a wonderful idea. You want to take it to the screen, but there are the obstacles of finding the money and finding a way to have it distributed once it's finished. Tell us about your experience with that. And what is your advice to young content creators who are thinking, Oh my gosh, how am I going to make this a reality?
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes. And that is the, the biggest obstacle as independent filmmakers is finding money, because you know people have great ideas sometimes, right? And so we've had many challenges uh, finding money and just um, you know just the middle of the process. Sometimes you lack of certain things, and then you have to find more money in the distribution, etc. So. I mean, the main thing is obvious that the story is very important. The script is very important. It has to appeal to, uh, you know, whether if it's niche or whether if it's a wide audience, it's very important. But what we do is actually kind of, we throughout, um, you know, even before creating our company, Trevor and I have met a lot of. Uh, distribution companies and Trevor had a lot of experience in uh, distribution so we've always went actually the backwards way so we would we would consult with distribution companies first and see what they're looking for out there what is being sold and what's really good and based on that you kind of uh, you know uh, work on a story or work on a genre that works but still able to um you know portray your message um because you know as a company we would like to bring cultural awareness um bridging the gap between the US and other cultures who are you know that are underrepresented etc so but we we'd like to keep it within certain genre and still able to be true to our value of our company so that's kind of how we go by And then with that, it makes it a little bit easier to raise money because at the end of the day, every investor will ask, how am I getting my money back? How am I getting my money back? And so, and then, so if we have a distribution that is, and there's no guarantee of distribution also, but if there's distribution that is, um, you know, that is kind of, we know that it will, that it increases the chance, then investors are open to it. and. With us, it's been different. It could be individual investors, it could be companies or production companies who would like to get into different territories. So so that's where all of our fundings were. So I would just say my advice is um, try to reach out to uh, distribution companies and you can ask them, what are you looking for? What are the genre? What's selling? And you can find distribution companies of a genre that you want and then ask them what's going on and then from there you can come up with certain stories and then i mean if you have scripts right and then you can even ask them to review it um some do some don't but i would just say that is a an easier way to go by from the business perspective right um some people might say wow that is not true to your art but from the business perspective that is something that i would advise
0: so it's interesting that you even though you started as an actor this augmented understanding of the way the money part of this business works has given you a little bit of a competitive edge in a sense hasn't it
1: uh it it definitely did uh because you know with films Uh, And just any business, finance has a lot to do with it, whether we like it or not. So, you know, I started, I, I got into the industry from the acting side, but I couldn't help myself but to be attracted to the business side. And I was seeing how the budget is going, how the return on investment will go, how the distribution works. And the next thing you know, I was just in the midst of it, calculating everything. And it was just like a natural thing that I drew into it. So uh, so it definitely gave me a competitive edge. But, um, you know, raising money is just whether if you had the experience or not, it's still raising money. So um, uh, even if you don't, it's, it's the same thing you ask and present, right? So if, whether if you don't have the financial background or not, you can still do it if you wish to. <laughs> because it really boils down to the... Um, the film, and then, uh, you know, if they can make their money back.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, I guess that speaks to people having enough of a commitment and a passion to see that their project gets finished uh, or -hmm. or accomplished or, you know, gets into the right hands. Right. uh, We've seen Hollywood recently make a pledge about diversity and inclusion and equality. From where you stand, do you think that those decisions about who to hire, what projects get their nod, have you seen a difference? Have you seen a more expansive um, attitude about who we want to bring into the mix here?
1: Yes. So I definitely think it helped a lot. And I, you know, When you turn on the TV now, um, when you see commercials, you see a lot of diverse faces, right? A lot of Asian faces. And unfortunately, with the Asian hate, I think it also helped. And then not only that, um, also just as Asians, it made us realize that we need to really unite and come together and make things together. And so I think that also motivated us to do better, to do more to really push each other up. And so that is something that I definitely noticed on both from, you know, inclusivity level, but at the same time, from just our perspective, just us coming together. Right. So like Asia society, I've been in many of those events. Um, they have the, um, uh, the Asian women initiative, uh, and, uh, even, you know, Asian Cultural Media Alliance also is very um, proponent of Asian media. So I think it just it just pushed us even further to do things better and uh, really strive for more. So I think in that sense, in the broader sense, it definitely made a big difference from both sides.
0: And what groups are you involved with in terms of like trying to build those bridges or that um, sense of unity and cohesion?
1: Definitely. So, um, i am part of i'm one of the board of directors at uh, chinese uh, chamber of commerce in los angeles and so that gave gave me a lot of voice as well and then i'm in the advisory board of a, um, asian cultural media alliance uh, definitely an amazing group that helps uh, just all filmmakers and asian voices and asia society is also a big proponent of just Asians coming together. So those are the three uh, places that I definitely, um, a part of, and then try to follow it up. And, um, you know, it, um, just unity itself is very, very important and coming together. And like you said before, it was just divided amongst different, uh, ethnic backgrounds, but now they are coming together and they are excited about working. And, um, I sure am excited. And uh, our company is very excited about working on more projects that is, you know, encompassing many, many different cultures in the AAPI community.
0: In fact, you were talking about a project you just completed on deadline, of course, for the Lunar New Year. And this was an intensive project. There were... Yeah, you know, a lot of challenges involved in that, right? So Chinese, part of being Chinese
1: Chamber of Commerce, um, and it's a great place, actually, even though I'm Mongolian, they're very inclusive. So, you know, I'm in the board of director. And being that um, my our, our company, Three Flames Pictures, is the uh, part of, you know, my company. And um, Trevor Doyle is actually a member uh, of Chinese Chamber as well. So... Um, When the 123rd um, Lunar Golden Dragon Parade that uh, is supposed to happen in uh, Los Angeles, Chinatown, um, it's the biggest uh, and the longest running Lunar New Year outside China uh, parade. And it had to go virtual because of the recent surge of Omicron. So then Chinese Chamber of Board of Directors turned to me Mm -hmm. because I have my uh, film company and media companies. So then Trevor Doyle and I just talked and, you know, we had a month and we just said, you know what? Uh, Let's make something. And we wanted to do an animation. He said, let's talk about and Let's do, let's tell the story from the golden dragon parades eyes. So it, the the whole story is the eye of the golden dragon itself. Mm. So, so that was very inspiring. And him and I just talked and came up with an outline, gave it to our writer, who's a very talented Mongolian writer, um, um Bishrel Mashbat, And he wrote it in three days. <laughs> we got sponsored by Department oh my of Cultural, Um Affairs in Los Angeles. And so and uh, we also got sponsored by um, Guild uh, attorneys and uh, Troy Guild attorneys and Preferred Bank. So yeah, and our animators took it and just they just hand-drew everything. So there were 18 characters, 120 moves. They got it done in two weeks, edited it. And then we had um, an amazing uh, award-winning state champion speaker and writer, poet, uh, Howard Chow from San Francisco, writing the poem, came to Los Angeles and we recorded it with a very talented uh, singer, Marl in uh, Chinese Chamber, I mean, Chinese American Museum, Japanese American Museum, and we talked about the Asian American history in in the U.S., which started in 1600s, and then um, the whole program was very, you know, it, it touched on the AAPI hate crime, inclusivity, and then also at the end, all the Asian voices came together and greeted, and so... You know, we had Korean, Japanese, Indonesian, Vietnamese, Mongolian, and Chinese people greeting Happy Lunar New Year. So it was a very inclusive, let's unite together, together with stronger message uh, of celebration of Lunar New Year. So we got that done in like three weeks. And so it was very exciting.
0: Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Where can I see? Where can we see this? Is it on?
1: Is it online? Yes, so it's it's on Facebook uh, at LA Chinese Chamber. It's on the Facebook and then or um, it's at Three Flames Pictures YouTube channel. Uh, and the, the, the programs, uh, the event's name is Through the Eye of the Dragon. So you can look that up. And if you type it, it's there. But, uh, you know, at the end of the show, um, the links can be also available. We'll, I'll send it to you.
0: Okay. That's great. That sounds great. I can't wait to see it. As now a successful filmmaker and with a very strong and thriving production company, I imagine you get pitches from all kinds of people. How do you and your partners decide what you're looking for in a project? You alluded to this earlier. You said something about the values that you look for. What are the things that make the most impression for you? What does the project have to have before you say, yes, this is something we really want to do?
1: Right. So the story has to have a meaning, right? There's an underlying meaning uh, is something that we look for. And, um, And then also just also initial funding is something very important. So that is something that we look for because we can't, work on a project that doesn't have any funding it has to have an initial funding and also you know project that has meaning so that is something that we look for
0: on a personal note alexa you moved here at the tender age of 16 as i said you were separated from your parents and your family in mongolia it was kind of a rough period and in fact the steed with its theme of a boy separated from his beloved horse over time and distance actually kind of mirrored what was going on with you living here in the United States. Can you tell us a little bit more about that period and why the making of the steed was kind of a a love letter to your family?
1: Yes. So it was, you know, it was kind of a sensitive topic as I was just growing up here because I always, my plan was to go back to Mongolia as soon as I was done with school and then i got into uh ubs financial services which is a very um you know prestigious financial firm and at the time i I just thought that that's very lucky and then eventually and i also met my husband and then i got married and then you know i have kids so uh missing my home is always part of me and so and that's one of the reasons why the production company is partially mongolian and we we do a lot of business in Mongolia is because of I loving my culture and just uh, bridging that. So when the, the steed um, portrays the horse who's, you know, left the country and uh, kind of just, just yearning to go back, it was really relatable for me because, um, you know, it's like I've returned uh, uh, through the film with the horse. But I'm still here, but you know, it's just, it's kind of like connecting the two cultures is something that, um, that I was really happy about because I felt like it connected us, um, even though we're still physically
0: apart. And just finally, I know now you're a mother of two children. How do you think you're going to be able to um, raise them as American kids, but yet still have a great respect and love for their Mongolian roots?
1: Yes. And that's a challenge, right? Because we're in the U.S., the culture is in the U.S., and we have very little Mongolians here. And so, you know, I, I speak to my daughter in Mongolian. I try to speak to my son in Mongolian, but he doesn't understand it so well. So, um, And they know that I do business in Mongolia, and so they are very exposed to the films that I'm doing. And we do go back to Mongolia a lot. So it's just something that I want them to um, grow up aware of the culture and know the culture um, but I also respect their uh, choices um, of and an interest but it is something you know it, it is important that they know the culture well and then language because I know one day they will say why didn't you push me even further because I hear that all the time from people who grew up here.
0: Um, so, so, right
1: yeah so so I, I do my
0: best for people like me who, <laughs> right yeah I can relate to that because I'm a child of Chinese immigrants and I wish I had more fluency in Chinese and Mandarin Chinese I often wish that my parents had insisted that we learn Mandarin and be good at it so I understand where you're coming from <laughs> well Alexa thank you so much for sharing your experiences here in the United States as someone who is um, successful and thriving as a filmmaker as an actor and also as a mother of two children I'm impressed by the scope and scale of what you've achieved here and I wish you much continued success I bet you know you wake up some days I'm sure and you say I can't believe this is my life. <laughs>
1: Yes. Thank you so much. And it's not always roses, right? It's, it's difficult. Um, you know, sometimes I still look back to my days in, uh, you know, steady paycheck and, um, and say, wow, that was nicer. And, uh, you know, going after your dreams, is not always easy. Um, you, sometimes you think you'll have freedom to do everything and anything you want. And sometimes, Yes, that freedom actually gives you the freedom to work every day, all day, weekends and nighttime. So, you know, you do have to have boundaries.
0: Alexa, I'd like to ask if you would like to share with our listeners um, some websites or social media platforms where we can learn more about you and your work.
1: Yes. So, um, our company's, uh, Instagram or website is www.3flamespictures.com. That is our company website. And my personal is, um, uh, on Instagram, it's at Alexa, K H N Alexa Khan. Um, and then, uh, my business partner would be Trevor Doyle. So that would be at TM Doyle 45.
0: Great. Excellent. Thank you so much, Alexa. If you have any suggestions for future guests or topics, well, we'd love to hear from you. Also, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, as well as follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Asian Voices Radio is produced by Asian Culture and Media Alliance, a nonprofit that empowers our API community with a voice through media arts. If you'd like to support our program and make a donation, please visit us at AsianVoicesRadio.com. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. I'm your host, Sasha Fu. Please join us next week for another exciting and thought-provoking Asian Voices radio show. Until then, take care, everyone.